Okay, well here in Luke 11, uh, we've got the, the Lord's Prayer again, and I want to just draw our attention to one phrase in that, verse 3, give us day by day our daily bread. Not give me my daily bread, but give us our daily bread. And in fact, uh, the, the whole prayer starts, our Father, not my Father, but our Father who is in heaven. I suggest that what the Lord is teaching us there is that we should envisage ourselves as a part of a community, uh, part of a group of the body of Christ, and we're asking, give us, the community, each day, our daily bread. So it's not just a, a selfish prayer, please give me enough, but please give us, even if my refrigerator is, is full, uh, give us, as a community, our daily bread. And it's in explanation of that that I think he goes on to give this parable in verse uh, 5 down to, uh, down to 10. And I, I would call this parable the parable of the three friends. He says, which of you, verse 5, shall have a friend, and shall go unto him at midnight, and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine is come to me in his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. So, there's three friends here. The first one is someone who is on a journey and who comes in the middle of the night at midnight to his friend. And that friend seems to be us. And we then go to a rich friend, a friend who's got so much bread he can say, well, when the, uh, we come to him and say, lend me three loaves, he replies eventually, I will give you, not lend you, I will give you as many uh, as, as you need. So then, there's three friends. And we, I think, are the friend in the middle. And the rich friend is, is God, who we can go and knock on his door, and because of our uh, persistency, he will rise and give us as much as we want. Why I say that is because in verse 10, the Lord encourages us, everyone that asks receives, he that knocks to him it shall be opened. So he's saying, you are the one who's sort of got to get your nerve up to go and knock and keep on knocking on the door uh, to wake up the, uh, the rich friend, as it were. That's, uh, that's God, I, I'm suggesting. So then, the, the friend who was on a journey, he comes at midnight, obviously unexpectedly. Well, people didn't travel after dark. You remember from the Old Testament some stories of people traveling after dark. You remember the... Uh, the Levite who lost his concubine um, <clears throat> because of turning up in, the, in a city late at night. Uh, if he, if the, the friend arrived at midnight on a journey from the road, is literally uh, uh, the Greek word behind the word journey there, uh, something had gone wrong on the journey. And so he turns up on our doorstep at midnight, unexpectedly. And that middle friend, who's us, uh, would have had to open the door. The, the friend in need would have had to knock on the door, and, uh, yep, we would have had to open. And so we then go to, the, to our rich friend and tell him the story. And he also has to open to us. So you see the parallel situation. The one friend has to open the door and uh, talk to the unexpected visitor, and then he, in his turn goes and does this to his rich friend, that is, to God. And I think that is to show us, 
that our attitude to, to others uh, and to their requests of us is in fact our attitude to God and God's attitude to us. So then, if we're going to open at midnight to those in need whose journey has gone wrong, then God in turn will also open to us. And I think the whole point here is not that whatever you want you will get, and you just got to ask God and you're going to get it. I mean, that is simply not the case, is it? I think the whole message of the story here is that if you ask God to give you things in order to meet the need of others who have maybe gone wrong in their journey or got into some problem on their journey, he will definitely give it to you. So this is not a uh, a case of, um, you know, like I... I've told the story before of um, when I was a, a kid, like shutting my eyes, screwing them tight, and, and saying, God, when I open my eyes, may I see a five-pound note on the floor? And I, I remember doing this. And, you know, I believed. Believe me, I believed. And now I was praying for my five-pound note to appear on the floor, and I opened my eyes, screwed them up ever so tightly, and I really believed. And, and there was no five-pound note there. Now, you know, what was I going to spend the five-pound note on? Scoot after the shops and buy whatever for myself. And so the idea that whatever you want, you want a new car, you say, ask God, there'll be one outside. I mean, this is completely primitive, and as we know, that, that doesn't work. Uh, that's not what prayer is about. But the idea of, of this whole setup here is that whatever you ask God for, in order to meet the need of others, he will, he will hear you. And insofar as you open at midnight, he also will open at midnight to you. And I rather like the way that this friend uh, comes to the, to the rich friend and says, lend me three loaves, verse five. Uh, I've thought a lot about what those three loaves could represent, and I, I can't really find what they represent. I don't think they do represent anything. I think it's part of the story that this guy is poor, and so he's thinking, well, I will repay these loaves. I'm asking for a, uh, to be lent three loaves, not to be given them. Uh, so he thinks, yeah, three loaves, yep, I could probably return them mm, tomorrow or maybe next week. But yeah, three loaves, that's realistic. And the rich friend says, I will give you whatever you need. As many as he needs, give him. There's a contrast, uh, I think, between verse 5, lend me, and verse 8, he will arise and give him. Not lend him, but give him as many as he needs. Not just three, but as many as he needs. And I, I think the contrast between the, the poor, poor friend who thinks, well, three loaves, yep, I could just about return them, uh, the contrast is to show us how God does exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think, and that actually there is almost no limitation to what he can do and what he can give to us if we are asking not for ourselves. This, I, I think, is um, why this is all an explanation of what we have in verse 3. Give us day by day our daily bread. And I think the Lord is going on to expand on that point and to say, well, Yes, God really will give the community as a whole their daily bread, but it may require you to really pray to God persistently 
um, when he appears not to hear the first time because of his importunity, verse 8, the, uh, the, the rich friend does eventually get up and, and give him what he asks. Uh, by doing that, we, as it were, fulfill what we pray for when we say, give us this day our daily bread. Give us. You know, we may have to do something about giving daily bread to the others. As I say, if your refrigerator is full, that doesn't mean, oh, that's fine, that, that bit of the prayer got answered. It's not answered whilst there are some of us who don't have that daily bread. So, going uh, into a little bit, uh, bit more detail here. Um, verse 6, the uh, friend who's in need comes from his journey. And I said that something must have gone wrong on his journey, that he, he rocks up at midnight. And that word translated journey, Greek word translated journey, it's the same word in uh, chapter 10, verse 31, just uh, earlier in the context, uh, that's translated uh, way or road. Uh, this is in the parable of the Good Samaritan, where the Good Samaritan on the way, on the road, is beaten up and the priest uh, going down that way, that journey, that road, he doesn't help him. He passes by on the other side. So I think in that context the Lord is now developing his point as he often does in, in his teaching and saying, look, the, the, uh, the wounded man, that can be your friend who comes from his road at midnight. It could even be that we're being invited to, 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 to see the similarity even more strongly in that maybe we are the innkeeper of the parable, that here at midnight there's a wounded man turns up, but I don't have any bread to give him. So I run off to uh, the richer friend to give me that bread. And in the interpretation of the parable, it means that we go to God in, in prayer. Now, verse 8 at the end the richer friend will give him as many as he needs. But what are the needs of this person that comes to the rich friend saying, uh, yeah, please lend me three, three loads? And he says, okay, I will give you as many as you, as you need. But what are his needs? His needs are the needs of his brother, of his friend who has got into trouble on the road and has turned up at midnight. So insofar as our needs are our brother's needs, then God will give us whatever is required to meet that. And I find this wonderful, that no longer can we ever now say, if we grasp what I think this is teaching, no longer can we ever say, I can't serve God like this or like that as I would like to, because you see, I don't have the resources. So often I hear this said, oh, look, just for the moment, I'm working to build up my career, uh, my business, my this, my that, and then one day, when everything's fine and I've got plenty of money, then, you know what, yep, then I, I would like to serve God. I would like to go do this, that, or the other. And that's absolutely wrong uh, way of thinking. It's uh, implying that, well, I can't serve God right now. I, I, I don't have the money. I don't have this. I don't have that. Well, no. God doesn't need, in that sense, anything from us. doesn't need any money, any whatever. Um, Whatever your need is, so as to serve your, 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 your brother, God will provide that if you ask him, and he will shower you 
with abundance. Now, I'm not talking about money. You know, in this sort of capitalist, crazy world in which we live, everything has become commodified in terms of money and price tags and everything. And I, that's not what it's talking about here, and it's certainly not, not what I'm talking about. When someone gets in trouble on their road, on their journey, and that's not necessarily financial at all. Let's put money and dollar signs and whatever right out of uh, our scope uh, right now. Someone's in trouble. Someone's got some problem. And you are the one that they come to. And it is beyond you to help them. So often we feel this, don't we? It's beyond me. I can't counsel you about this or that or the other. It's beyond me. I can't uh, relate to that situation. I was never anywhere near a situation like you're telling me about. And we don't say, well, it's midnight, you better just go somewhere else. We go to God, to the rich friend, and he will give us, not lend us, but he will give us, he will give us far abundantly above all that we ask or think. So, this friend is a little bit similar, I think, to the unjust judge, because will he say, verse 7, don't trouble me, the door is now shut, my children are with me in bed. Uh, this word for trouble, it's the same word used in the story of the unjust judge in chapter 18, verse 5, also in Luke, where the widow troubled the unjust judge. And here this richer friend says, don't trouble me. So it could be that Jesus is saying, well, even if this is how your friend might, uh, your rich friend might respond, he might be grumpy uh, about it, not really want to get up and disturb his children to, to open the house up to give you bread. But if you keep on knocking because of your persistence, verse 8, he will eventually rise and, and give you as many as you need. So Jesus could be saying, well, it's like the unjust judge sort of thing. If that's how, humanly speaking, uh, people might behave, how much more so do you think God is going to eagerly respond? That could be the case. But there's um, some strange similarities here with other parables. It's midnight, and you, I'm thinking particularly about the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, that at midnight the master comes and the door is shut and a voice comes from within saying, trouble me not, I don't know you, go away. And the door is now shut. If you want to scribble it down, it's Matthew 25, 10 and 11. So it all sounds very much like the Day of Judgment. Midnight, the midnight coming, the door now shut, knocking on the door, and the voice from within saying, don't trouble me. And yet in this case, the door is opened. Now, how are we to understand this? There's obviously some connection here, and I, I do admit I'm sort of uh, fishing around a bit to try to understand what that uh, connection is. Um, I wonder if it's something like this, that in this life, we can sin and be condemned, but we can change the verdict, whereas then it will be too late. Now, the door can be shut against us 
and yet we can knock and it will be opened. But in that day it will be too late. That's, uh, that's one possibility. Or it could be that our experience in, in prayer now, as we knock on the door, is similar to our day of judgment, in, in one sense. Uh, the difference being that now the door opens, whereas then it does not. Or as I say, it, it just could be like the unjust judge, that if this is what, humanly, your rich friend might uh, might feel, he might think, oh, that's Duncan there, oh, it's the middle of the night, well, I suppose I'd better do. He keeps on making such a racket. Okay, I'll give you whatever you want. Um, and if that's how the unjust human person does it, how much more do you think God is going to, to do it? Um, don't forget, of course, that Jesus said in, in Revelation, one of the letters, I set before you an open door, not a, not a shut door. I set before you an open door, as if possibly, um, to say, well, if the if the human sort of worldly person who shut their door will actually open their door if you keep on knocking well I set before you an open door and I you know I'm really eager to, to, to come and meet you uh, and to respond to you I find verse 8 though interesting I say unto you although he will not rise and give him because he is his friend yet because of his persistence he will arise and give him it's as if when this, this man, this sleepy, rich friend, is confronted with the, the need, he thinks, first of all, he thinks, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. And then he thinks, okay, I'll give you. And uh, it just, uh, maybe I'm over-interpreting this, maybe this is just the uh, furniture of the parable, but um, it, 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 I just wonder whether... That is really the response of all of us when we are confronted with the need to be generous, the need to give in some form or another. And as I say, I'm not just talking about money. Our first reaction is, no, I cannot. And then we think about it and we think, yes, I will. I must admit, that is how it is with me. I'm, I see a need. And I see that I could respond. And my first gut reaction is, no, I cannot. And then I think, yes, I can. Yes, I must. Yes, I should. And I dare to suggest that possibly this might be the case in the mind of God. Because we are created in his image and after his likeness to some hard-to-define extent. But that is the case. And I wonder if his generosity which, say, the Psalms, for example, so praise, uh, I don't think this is automatic. If his huge generosity was automatic, it wouldn't be so sort of wonderful. But if there is that thing in God, which there is in us, which looks at the need and says, nah, I don't think so, and then thinks, no, I, I can, I should, I will, I love, I want to be kind, I want to be generous, and I shall be. Then I, I find that uh, would be quite exquisite in, in its uh, beauty, really, that God is like that. Um, but maybe that is uh, over-interpreting the parable. But I, I, I'm sort of encouraged in that way, because, again, reading verse 8, um, 
because he is his friend and because of his persistence, he will arise and give him. Now, this person who gives as many loaves of bread as are required is, is God. That's why he says in verse 9, Ask, seek, knock on God's door and it will be opened unto you. This person is God. Now, who was the friend of God? Abraham was the friend of God. And I wonder if that is also in the Lord's mind here. His whole intercession with, for Sodom was Abraham, as God's friend, uh, keep on and on asking God. And in a strange way, God did hear, because he did do what Abraham was really getting at, which was to save Lot out of Sodom. And so that is uh, why I, I, I suggest that uh, maybe this is some reference to our need to, as it were, persuade God to keep on asking in prayer. And there's plenty of uh, New Testament uh, statements to that effect that we should keep on and on in prayer and should not just uh, give up. Uh, and of course, we can, in some sense, uh, don't like to say it really, but it's what the Bible seems to say, to, to change the mind of God. And so we come back to the, uh, the basic message, really, that uh, give us day by day our daily bread is not painless, it's not easy to pray, because it implies a huge amount from us. But even though we may have daily bread and refrigerators and one thing and the other, some of us do not. And it's no good just mouthing that prayer off. We have got to do our part in, in dealing with that need. And when people in various ways come to us with difficulties on their journey at midnight, insofar as we will open to them and try to take on board their needs, even though we genuinely cannot of ourselves meet them, we will find strength from God in abundance. Lend me three loaves, I will give you as many loaves as you need, if the needs of others become your needs. And I, I don't consider myself to, to be uh, you know, some uh, amazingly spiritual guy, but I, I can say really that in my small life, this has really, really worked out. Um, and I can really only say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste and see in your own life that this really is the case. But uh, again, again and again I emphasize, it is not uh, looking at life, particularly in this uh, consumerist, consumerist sorry, uh, culture in which we live, thinking, I would like this, I need that. That is, I know, the, the whole spirit of the, all the advertisements, etc., that we see and the way people are and the pressure all around us. I need this. I want that. And then you read the Bible on a sort of surface level and say, oh yeah, whatever you ask of God, he'll give to you. Okay, so I need that and I want that. No. You're not going to get that and you shouldn't get that. Uh, but you will get what you need if your needs are not your needs, but the needs of others. Thank you.